You are listening to the 1% Christian, the daily Bible study where we get together for 1% of our day. We study God's word and then we head out to the remaining 99% to do something amazing with this life that God's given us. I am Pastor J.D. Ambrosio with Sound of Heaven Church in Deer Park, New York. I invite you to check us out at soh.church church. (laughs) Come and visit us. We want to see you there or join one of our live streams. But while you're at soh.church, download our free mobile app. There's a digital Bible on there. There's a great online community, all of our teachings, and uh, we don't want you to miss anything. But if you are listening anywhere where you get your podcasts, like, share, subscribe, turn on your notifications. Again, don't want you to miss anything as we continue through our Gospel of Matthew. We are at the tail end of Matthew chapter 18 today, uh, but I think we're going to stretch it out over two days because really today we're just going to go over two very powerful verses that I believe that if we would just kind of latch on to a lot of our own personal ills and challenges and frustrations and hurts uh, would subside. Uh, it, we came out of a portion of Matthew 18. Remember, Matthew 18 starts with them trying to decide who's the greatest in the kingdom of God, and Jesus shows them a little child, and then uh, shows them, really, it's those who are humble in life uh, that are most uh, like God and most like the greatest in the kingdom of God, which was a little bit shocking to them since children didn't really have a place. Uh, and then Jesus, what, talks about stumbling blocks, talks about how to deal with them, talks about remove them from your life at all costs, the, the things that that trip you up, and also don't be the uh, type of person that you know goes ahead and, and puts stumbling blocks in the place of others. So Jesus is really talking about, in Matthew 18, the characteristics of those who are good kingdom citizens, so to speak, right? He's teaching them how to live in a new uh, paradigm, in a new reality, in the new covenant that is really being established in that first century, and you and I live in that new covenant now. So the conversation here shifts, right, to what we studied last uh, in our last um, episode, and that is how to confront offense in our life, how to confront sins even within uh, the church itself. And we could apply it to maybe what would be proper application in a church environment, but really what is the church, right? Church is not where we go on Sunday. Church is who you and I are. Okay, we are the church. Jesus taught them, right, to confront first directly. Go directly to the person who offends you and try to hash it out. And a lot of times what happens when you get into that type of environment, when we have the um, the boldness and the gentleness to go to somebody and say, hey, you know, I'm offended, uh, we see healing and, and we come to some sort of agreement. Sometimes we don't come to an agreement in the sense of we where we agree with one another, but at least what we bring to the table is being clear. And, and so many of us, we what we do is we harbor hurt, we harbor resentment, and it eats at us and it becomes bitterness and it becomes gossip and it becomes a lot of things that are more destructive 
to the uh, environment around us and certainly destructive to our unity with our brothers and sisters around us. And the escalation from there is what? Go back with two or three people. And then from there, that's when you, it really, you know, becomes public and not, not so much even public as, you know, there is a, a separation there. And the reason why I want to rehash that is because it's so important for us to really confront the things in our life that we struggle with, our offenses. So often we just, again, we go through life harboring these things and never really confronting them. And then Jesus ended that part with the power of unity, right? Talking about how when two or more come together and are in agreement, he's in their midst and anything that they ask shall be done. That when we come together, what in his name, when we come together with his best intentions in mind, okay? So now Peter, who, by the way, always creates great opportunity uh, for Jesus to teach, then comes forward with a question about what? Forgiveness in the kingdom of God. And we talk about forgiveness so much here because, again, we it is really a stumbling block in our life. It's a, it's a blockage in many cases to us receiving everything that we want to, uh, you know, achieve, not just us, but what God wants for us in our life. I don't know about you, but unforgiveness has been a tremendous blockage in my life when I've allowed it to be. And let this be a year where you're willing to confront, but also open up the opportunity to possibly forgive. Because without forgiveness, which by the way is a miracle in its own right, uh, so much gets held back, right? Because what happens when we don't forgive and we keep, even when we keep going, even when we keep people around, and we harbor this unseen forgiveness. First of all, forgiveness will make you sick. Okay, that is medically proven. The harboring of forgiveness and that type of negativity can absolutely transfer into something of more physical ailments. But again, when we harbor these things and when we let them go, what happens is they compound. They build up very much like a debt. And tomorrow we're going to go into a kingdom parable uh, about a, uh, the unforgiving servant. All right, we'll, we'll get into that. But I, I didn't want to just gloss over these next two verses because they are so, so important. Again, if we would just learn how to forgive, a lot would change in our life. So Peter asks a valid question. He pretty much asks, how much do we forgive, Jesus? How much should we forgive, Let's go ahead and read. So, then Peter came to Jesus and asked the Lord, this is Matthew 18, 21 through 22, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, Peter, and I don't know if he's trying to, uh, trying to impress Jesus, uh, but, you know, he honestly comes with a pretty generous offer, all things considered. He says, how many times should I forgive, Lord? Should I forgive seven times? Peter totally believed he was being generous. And by the world standards, he was being uh, generous. I'll tell you why. Because at that time, the rabbis 
were teaching, they were teaching that you should forgive three times. Okay, that was the ongoing teaching, that you should forgive, forgive, and forgive. That was the statement that was being made, denoting you should forgive three times. Now, let me give you a little bit of background as to why they chose three times. Well, in the first two chapters in the book of Amos, the prophet writes that God will forgive three times the transgressions of Damascus, Gaza, Tyre, Edom, Ammon, and Moab, Israel's enemies. So they translated that to you should forgive three times. And the concept was that no one should forgive more than God. So they put the standard at three times. So when Peter comes and says, Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Should I forgive seven times? (laughs) Peter's thinking, well, you know, I'll double it and then throw in one for good measure, right? One, One more for good luck, right? And he he believes wholeheartedly that he is, you know, doing something good. And I would say that is rather generous. Some of us don't get to the number seven before we cut things off. Amen. Uh, but again, the logic of no one should be forgiving more than God shows that they had a misunderstanding of God's forgiveness, which we do as well. And so did, honestly, the prophet Amos. I had somebody just block me on social media because I shared that, uh, you know, the Old Testament prophets didn't have the full understanding. And, of course, that offended them to the point where they didn't even want to have a discussion with me. But even the, uh, even the apostle Paul said that he, even at that time, was seeing through a dimly lit lens, right? But that, they, that the, the uh, full would be uh, ultimately revealed, which it was, right? So now Jesus responds to his seven with this. And you may know the verse, but we're going to read it. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Or what this is translated to is 70 times seven. Okay? Not 77, the number. 70 times seven. So what Jesus is providing is a number, 70 times 7. So he's saying, forgive your brother, neighbor, forget it, you know, uh, whoever. Because, look, here's, here's the fact of the matter. Every single person, this is why forgiveness is so important. I, I didn't want to go without saying this. Every single person has dealt with someone who has wronged them in their life. If you have not... Put it in the chat. I want to know if nobody has ever done a single thing to hurt you, whether it be a friend, whether it be a parent, whether it be a romantic relationship, whether it be a criminal, whether it be a pastor. If you've never been wronged in your life and needed to forgive someone or had the opportunity to forgive or hold on to some sort of a transgression, please, by all means, let me know because I will bring you on and I want to hear what it's been like that nobody ever hurt you. Now, we know that that's ridiculous. All of us get hurt. All of us hurt other people. Okay. So Jesus says, not seven times, Peter, but 70 times seven, 490. Now, 
Does that mean we sit and count? No, absolutely not. This is a number that nobody could possibly keep track of unless what? Unless you're keeping a log. Now, I don't know of anybody that personally keeps logs of transgressions, but if you do, if you're one of those, I will say that in 1 Corinthians 13, when it talks about the agape love, that perfect kind of love, talks about not keeping a record of wrongs, right? It says true love does not keep a record of wrongs. It also says in Isaiah 43 that, that the Messiah, that God blots out our sins, and that, that blotting out, that is a powerful uh, w- term in ancient Israel. When scribes would make a mistake, they would use ink and they would blot out so you couldn't see. It was like it never even existed. They cover it up. And once covered again, like it never existed. First John says that, it's taken, that he takes away. Micah, the prophet, says that he casts our sins to the depth of the sea, totally out of sight, totally out of mind. So what Jesus is saying here, Peter, me, you, how many times should we forgive? More times than you could possibly count, unless you're keeping records of transgressions with, which is not true love, because God does not keep records of our transgressions. I want to play a clip from a previous show where we had Dr. Matthew Hester on, and I th- just think he nails this, and then, and then we'll wrap it up here. I don't think I could say this any better, and, I, and we, I posted this on social media, and it got a ton of views, more so than uh, most videos out there, and I think Dr. Hester here nails it. By the way, you can uh, go ahead and check out Dr. Hester and his ministry at presenttruthacademy.org, I think. I'll get that, I'll get that right. But let's let's listen to what Dr. Hester shared. You might have watched this, but it's worth a listen again. What is the kingdom response to being wronged? What's the most practical way? Forgive. Uh, and and okay, well, how do I forgive? So if you want to go the God standard, um, he actually takes offense and he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. And so it doesn't mean God literally forgets, although maybe he does. But it means that he ne- he no longer ever uses the offense. He never brings it back, never uses it against you. And so that's the standard for forgiveness. The standard is you just forgive, even if there's no apology, even if there's no repentance. Again, kind of like, you know, Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them. They they don't even know what they're doing. No. So and they're so in amazing. the act while he's saying that. Yes. In the act, humiliating him. Go ahead, Father, forgive them. So let's, that's kingdom practicality right there. Wow. Uh, how, how do I know that I'm you know, moving forward in kingdom expression, kingdom lifestyle, how eager am I to forgive? <laughs> because those who, those who forgive much love much. Was that awesome? I mean, but I, I want to just hit on what Dr. Hest is talking about there. Those who forgive much love much and the standard in the kingdom of God, which Jesus is displaying here, right? He might as well have said a million bajillion is that we were, should forgive and forgive, not just forgive and forgive and forgive, but forgive and 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 forgive until we lose count. 
Now, again, this does not mean that you be a personal doormat for somebody and allow you know, people into your life that are toxic and just beating you up all the time. That's not what I'm saying. You need to hash that out. But that's what we just studied, right? The kingdom confrontation where you go directly, you bring two to three, then you, then you, uh, you know, bring more of the church congregation involved with it and you start to confront. And if that's the case, there's some sort of a separation that may need to happen. But, but never in that does it say that there's no forgiveness involved. Because forgiveness is very much, as much as it is for the other person to be relinquished, let's be honest, like Dr. Hester just put in that clip, right? Forgiveness, what? Without repentance? Without, without apology? How is that possible? It's because you are in full control of the forgiveness. And by you releasing that and saying, I will not keep a record of this wrong, I'm going to move on. And remember, when Jesus sent people to houses, to minister, what did he say? If you are not received, take your peace back with you and get out of there. Wipe the dust off of your feet. Now, does he, does he say, never forgive the people in that house? No, no. But you've got to be able to move on. The problem so often is that you leave your peace with other people. There's people in your life that oh, some some of them are, are long gone, like not even not even here on earth anymore. But you have left your peace with them, and it hurts you every day. And I believe that again. I keep saying this: this is a year of confrontation, of good confrontation. It's of you approaching the things in your life, the stumbling blocks in your life that are holding you back, and saying no more. I'm taking my peace back from this situation because unforgiveness takes our peace way too much, way too much, and it's slowing you down. And where God has you in this next season, you can't take that unforgiveness with you. It's going to weigh you down. You've got to move freely. And it's near impossible to move freely while you're still holding on to the past, while you're still holding on to unforgiveness, while you're not even forgiving yourself. You have to move forward freely. And the way to do that is to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive so that you can properly move on, so that you can allow for the next opportunity to come along, so that you can allow for yourself to heal. And that's my prayer for you this morning, is that first you realize, okay, because that's what we're going to get into tomorrow. We're going to get into the parable of the unforgiving servant, which is a pretty sobering parable, and we're going to break it down properly, okay? But my prayer for you as we wrap up here today is that you would first realize the depth of God's forgiveness for you. We want, we want his unconditional forgiveness, but we are not either not willing to accept it because we can't forgive ourselves or certainly not willing to dole it out. Accept his unconditional forgiveness. Accept that whatever's happened before today and forward, he has not kept a record of that thing. Now, you may be living in consequence of that thing, but 
you feel like God is still angry at you and that you are being punished and cursed. And I want to tell you that is not the case. That is not how God operates. And that's what these men and women were learning, right? The rabbis would tell you, ah, you get forgiven three times because they misunderstood scripture. They misunderstood and they totally underestimated the forgiving power of God. Jesus presented the proper representation of God's forgiveness. And that was forgiving at all costs. And that is our striving. If we want to live in full kingdom victory, our striving needs to be to forgive at all costs. Even if we need to separate ourselves from the person, we need to relinquish ourselves from the bitterness because the bitterness is going to hold us back from everything that God called us to be. And that's my prayer for you. One, understand the depth in which God has already forgiven you. And you've been relinquished of your previous sins. But now be willing to pass that on to others because that's how we are a true vessel of God. And that is true freedom, that we are fully forgiven and we are able to fully forgive so that we can walk freely in the calling. We can walk freely in his love because his love doesn't just rest in one place. It pours into us and through us. And if that is what we commit to, this world is going to be a different place. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for all my brothers and sisters that listen in. Father, we just want to honor you in our study. We want to honor you in our life. Father, for those who are dealing with unforgiveness in their heart, again, whether it be a parent, whether it be a friend, whether it be a spouse, a loved one, somebody's hurt us in the past. Father, I just pray healing over my brothers and sisters. So wherever you are, just close your eyes. And I believe that God is working on your heart because I believe that your deep yearning is to be free from the things that are holding you back. So I just want you to imagine like a bird in your hand being released and flying off in the distance so far that you can't even see it. Like a rock in your hand that you throw into the water and then you could see it for a second, but then it's gone to the depth of the sea. That is what the transgressions in your life will be if you're willing to let them go. And you will be more free than you've ever been. So right now where you are, just say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you forgive me. And Father, today is the day that I forgive. And I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Say, help me forgive, Father. Say, today I forgive. And then say this, say the person's name. Say, I forgive this person. And I walk freely without being held back, without bitterness, but with joy, knowing that I have freely been given, therefore I freely give in Jesus' mighty name. Pastor J.D. Ambrosio, Sound of Heaven Church, Deer Park, New York. Check us out, SOH.Church. This is the 1% Christian. We'll see you tomorrow as we complete Matthew chapter 18. Love you guys.